Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome once again to the Accra Community Church. Uh, Before I start, let's share a quick word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today, Lord. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of a church that has enabled us to gather together this morning. I pray, Lord, that even as I'm about to teach your word, I pray for every heart in this room that, oh Lord, may our hearts be turned soft, Lord, to be able to receive your word. And that, Lord, as your word falls on each heart in this room, may it be good soil that the word will be a good seed that will grow and bear fruit and may the fruits be seen by ourselves and those around us so that all glory will be given to your name. In Jesus' name we've prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. So last week, uh, our brother Kujo preached a very amazing sermon. Um, We've been talking about fanning the flames of our spiritual gifts. And so the key text um, from last week, which I'll, I'll build on, is from 2 Timothy 1, um, verses 5 to 14. I'm reading from the NASB. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this is the reason I, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a prisoner, an apostle, and a teacher. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me, in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Amen. So in this text, um, Timothy was a teenager when he he first met Paul. His family um, lived in Lystra, so he was a Galatian. His father was a Greek man. Um, The Bible doesn't tell us much or anything at all about his father. But his mother and his grandmother, who um, Paul mentions, were faithful Jewish women who taught the Old Testament scriptures to this boy they loved so much. 
Now, Paul recalls Timothy's decision to follow Christ, how his faith was shared with him by his mother and grandmother, and how Paul laid hands on Timothy. So to start with, we all have a heritage. Um, many people can trace their families back many, many generations, um, knowing that, okay, I, I come from a long line of um, fishermen or farmers or traders. And yes, for many of us, we, we can trace this. So our lives are, are shaped and um, influenced by our what we call our ancestors. And our last names basically um, bear, bear that mark. Very few people just get up and invent um, last names. Now, even our, our health. Um, when you become an adult and you start doing your regular checkups, anytime you see a new doctor, they begin by asking you your family history. Do you have a history of this? Do you have a history of this? And based on the answers you give, it will even determine how um, the kind of care that's, that you receive. So likewise, as Christians, we all also have a spiritual heritage. And that's what Paul was kind of um, communicating to us. Now, for many of us, our spiritual heritage comes from those who introduced Christ to us. So for some, it was um, through their, their parents or an auntie, an uncle, grandmother. For others, um, it could even be a friend, basically the person who um, introduced Christ to you or introduced the gospel to you will, will shape your, your heritage in the, in the faith. And so um, I'm just reminded also when you look in the Bible, you see many, many examples of this where it looks like somebody um, trains another person and the, the person leads or ministers or serves God basically in the likeness of the one that trained them. Um, Elijah and Elisha are good examples, Moses and Aaron, Paul and Timothy, and then Jesus and, and his disciples. So one of the first things I want us to be mindful of as we think about our gifts and finding them is look within your family, your spiritual family, um, the person or the group that introduced um, Christ to you. And you begin to see that they've bequeathed certain, certain gifts to you that come more naturally because in your infancy, in the things of our faith, these were the things that you were, you were first exposed to. In Romans 12, um, verse 6 to 8, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This verse is one of those that has been very profound um, in my life as I've grown because I've come to see that generally when we say gifts, people tend to think of the first ones that are listed. Um, the prophecy, um, faith, or, or teaching. But then we see that even encouragement is a gift. Giving is a gift. Leadership is a gift. And even showing of mercy is a gift. And so um, anytime this memory verse comes to mind, I, I remember a few instances in my life where um, it basically expanded this for me. When I was in secondary school, um, boarding school, 
there was a guy in my dorm who was known to be stingy. Like his stinginess to this day, we still talk about. Um, in, in my, it was a boys' school, and at least when I was there, there was this culture of sharing. So if I need Gary, I can just ask someone, hey, I need Gary, I need Shito, I need whatever it is. If the person has, they'll share. At some other point, if they need it, they'll ask me and I'll share. But this guy never, ever, ever, ever shared with anybody. If you asked him for something, his response was always, he left here, which basically translates to, it's left with just a little. And one day, it was, it was an automatic response. So one day, somebody asked him for his iron. And before he could even think of what the person was going to ask, he said, he left here. And the person said, your iron left here, like your iron is left with just a little. And so um, he's one of those that I, I think of and I realize that some, it's, it's easy to, to say that, oh, you know, give, give, give. But it doesn't come naturally um, to, to, every, to everyone. Some people actually really struggle with, um, with, with giving or being um, generous or be, um, encouraging other people. Um, even here, some, there are some people's gifts that some of us have, have seen and have benefited from. Um, Emma, if you are trying to organize anything fun, any activity, just give it to her and forget about it. When the day comes, you are assured of having a fantastic time. That is a gift. Um, John, I like to call him Grandpa John. He's a very compassionate person. When John says, how are you? You, you feel the, the emotions behind that question. It's not just other people you say, oh, yeah, oh, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm fine, how are you? But when John asks you, how are you? You, you, you feel this urge to really tell him um, how you're doing. Another one, um, NK. NK is a man of many, many gifts and talents. Um, but one of those that I particularly enjoy or have enjoyed is just his ability to to teach the word, to explain any biblical concept down to its its simplest simplest form. So here we, we see that the gifts that we're given really is for the benefits of the body of Christ. And even to, to unbelievers, your gifts can be what opens the door in someone's heart for Christ to to come into and to dwell in. So as I was thinking of this, just fanning the flame, fanning the flame, fanning the flame, I, I started thinking, I said, okay, this looks like uh, we are fanning something. So I just imagined a coal pot with, with charcoal in it. And because Paul says he, he made this, um, he created this image of fanning, I said, okay, then it means that there's already a little fire in there. Probably there's one charcoal that has, that has caught fire. But you need to fan it so that it's, basically um, lights up all the other coals and collectively they will burn much 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 longer. Just that one charcoal, if you leave it in there with time it will just um, it, will lose, it will lose heat, it will lose energy and then it will become, it will become cold and so that's the, one of the lessons as well is that whatever gifts we have we have to use them and Brother Kujo uh, mentioned this last week, we have to use them otherwise just like that charcoal we will, one, will not be able to light up others and then collectively will be, will be better of the church or the body of Christ to be strengthened. But then over time, we will lose that gift or that heat um, will dissipate just like it will um, in, the, in the charcoal. 
So Paul is telling Timothy, fan, fan your gift, fan your gift, fan the flames, and use it to serve and help others. In verse 14, he says, God, through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you. And so first he says God, but then he says through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So again, back to that image of the, of the charcoal is that, that fight, there's already a deposit within all of us. And that deposit is the Holy Spirit. But then he's, he's basically warning Timothy. He's saying, guard it, guard it, guard it. You only guard something that's, that has value, something that has um, some, some importance. Otherwise, you, you, will, you will lose it. And why is he saying this? I, I've come to realize that one of the things that interferes with our ability to be generous with whatever gifts God has give, given us or deposited in us is um, the storms of life, the troubles in this world, trials and tribulations, just really difficult times sometimes can cloud our, our judgment, cloud our vision, where instead of looking outward in how we can exhibit Christ through our gifts to other people, we focus on ourselves, our needs, our problems, um, the things that are going wrong, the tragedies, and that really robs us and it also robs the body, the body of Christ. And one of my um, favorite prayers, or parts, a part of it, my favorite prayer, the Lord's Prayer, what Jesus says, lead us not into temptation. It's one of my favorite prayers to pray because another thing that can happen when we shift our focus off God and onto our problems, and that, that hinders our gifts, is that these things can actually even push you, push you out of the faith. Um, people have experienced certain losses and they've just never recovered, and then they say, um, I don't believe in God anymore, I'm no longer a Christian, or they convert to, to, to some other faith. And so, Timothy, Paul is warning Timothy, he's saying, guard, guard this gift that is in you, guard it, pay attention to it, treasure it, irrespective of what life throws our way. Um, everyone here is going to experience some difficulty at, at some point. It's part of it's part of growing up. It's part of it's part of the faith, but we have to just remember that these things are part of this life. So long as we're on this side of eternity, um, the the author of Ecclesiastes says life is full of trouble, and sometimes it feels like that that life is full of trouble. But we should keep our focus on God, and remember to look outward instead of instead of inward. Um, in Mark 4.19, it says that, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. That's what I was just talking about. But then in Romans 8, verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is revealed to us. So that's a, that's a promise that no matter what happens, there's, there's, going, there's glory that awaits us. Um, sometimes you will experience part of it on earth, but for all of us who believe in Jesus Christ, there's a glory that awaits us when we, when we leave this, this earth. So why is it important to identify your gift? The first is that it gives, um, it demonstrates the presence of God in you. For each of us that believes in Jesus Christ, 
the Holy Spirit lives, lives in us. And once the Holy Spirit lives in us, there's naturally going to be a manifestation of that presence. Um, it's not necessarily, um, I, like, I know we like to think that, oh, once somebody speaks in tongues, yes, then um, the Holy Spirit is there. But what of the person who doesn't speak in tongues or doesn't speak in tongues yet? Um, the gifts that we have that allow us to exhibit Christ, to, to demonstrate Christ's love for other people through these gifts, is a sign that the Holy Spirit is in us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within who you, whom, you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. And so the Holy Spirit dwelling in us is one reason why those gifts have to, have to come out have to be exhibited, have to be used, have to be shared. Whether they are gifts of um, motivation or gifts that serve in the ministry or gifts of manifestation, so long as the Holy Spirit is in us, they, they have to come out. The second reason is that our, our gifts also equip us for ministry. All of us here have been charged. The Great Commission says we should go out and make disciples for Jesus Christ. So every single person here, so long as you're a Christian, you are charged to make disciples for Jesus. Uh, making disciples is not always going to stand um, on the street corner holding a placard and then um, telling people God loves you. Yes, that works as well. But even um, a greater influence is being able to influence those who are around us. When they look at us, they should see something different. They should see a light in our lives and say, no, there's something different about this person. Then they, 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 they will get curious. And then out of that, you can share, you can share the gospel with them. And lastly, um, the body of Christ needs you. Because the gifts that he's given us are meant to be to, to strengthen and edify the church. And so God has placed you exactly where you are meant to be at this time. And 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says that, but, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. So our gifts are decided by God. He gives them to us and we are to bless others in the body of Christ with, with our gifts so that in the coming time we will experience the fullness, the fullness of joy. Now for every believer, there are three um, gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. The first is that we have the gift of, of power. Power gives us boldness to exhibit the gifts no matter what is around us, it may, be, it may mean that in your office, maybe everyone is doing deals, but the Holy Spirit will give you that, that confidence or that power to say that, no, I'm not going to be a part of this. Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is buying their fancy cars and building their big houses, but I will, I will live on what I earn honestly. The second is love. God has deposited in us all that gift of love, that love that is born out of the fact that because we love God and because God also created everyone else around us, there's a natural love that we have for people. It doesn't matter if they are in our creed, whether they are our nationality, our gender, our race, our culture, whatever it is, but whoever we meet, that love is that there's the potential to love them because that spirit has been, has been deposited in us. The third is the, the spirit of uh, discipline or self-control. Um, people, I think this, this gift becomes important when people, as we like to say, people try, try us 
or people try our patience. It's, it's just taking that moment to say, you know what, it's okay. Um, I know that those of us who drive in Ghana, that, that gift is tested a lot. Um, sometimes I leave home, within three minutes, I'm already shaking my head like, wow, this, I'm not even at the, the first traffic light and people are already, already trying my patience. But uh, for many of us, including myself, we are, we are working on it and we are trusting God to, to help us get better. So if you see me shouting at a, a taxi driver, please uh, remember that God is, <laughs> God is working on me as well. Now, um, what can you do to identify or to stir up um, your gift? The first is that you should be willing to try new things at least once. Because sometimes you will, it will look like you've chanced upon, upon the gift. And that only happens when you are open to trying to try new things. And I remember just about a year ago, um, I stood here and I preached for the very first time. And that experience um, for me changed how I study the Bible. Because in the past, I will just read and highlight, make a few notes, and then um, get up and go about my day. But from that experience and having been asked to do it a few times, now whenever I sit down to read my Bible, I, I, I look at it as research. Okay, how can I you know, understand the, the cultural context, the historical context, and all those things. And it's made, it's made my understanding of the Bible just in this one year. It's, it's been remarkable. Probably what has taken years for me to understand just in this one year of um, agreeing to try this, this new thing I've never done before. Now, my understanding of scripture has just has grown tremendously in leaps and bounds. And so it's something that I, I always try to do. Um, so long as it's safe and legal, um, I will try it. So I won't try bungee jumping or um, jumping out of an aircraft with a parachute. No, I won't try those things. It has to be safe and legal. But if, if you are the bull type, please um, go ahead. Try, try it. You might, you might actually find that um, you enjoy it. So in exploring our gifts, we, we, just, we have to be open to trying to try new things. So in the office, you're asked, oh, can you chair this meeting? You've never chaired a meeting before, but say, sure, I'll do it then do your research and then go chair that meet, meeting. You might actually have that gift of organizing people, but you won't know until you've given it, you've given it a try. And many influential and powerful people who have accomplished great things in their careers, basically, this is how they found, they found those gifts. Um, I always remember um, Kamala Dumont. He, um, may he so rest in peace. He was uh, a journalist, probably one of if not the best journalist Africa has seen so far. And how did he come to be a journalist? He was in university. Um, Joy FM put out an ad that they were looking for people to ride on the back of motorbikes and then report traffic. And so he would call into the radio station and say, okay, today Ring Road, 5 p.m., there's traffic from Dankwa Circle all the way to Labonia Estates. Avoid it, so use Beach Road. That is literally how the, how the guy started his journalism um, career and from the back of a bicycle he ended up be, um, at the BBC running one of their, their flagship um, programs. If he hadn't taken that chance, taken that opportunity to try something he hadn't tried before, he probably wouldn't have ended up um, walking into this, this gift that, that he had. This was someone who even failed out of medical school 
I'm sure at that point he felt, oh wow, you know, I'm a failure. But if only he he knew the kind of future that um, awaited him. And so we should all be willing to try new things, to take advantage of opportunities, even if it's new to you. Just try. The worst that will happen is that you would you would do such a terrible job, you won't be asked to do it again. That's fine. At least you can cross that off your list of um, potential gifts. Then the second thing is that um, I call this one, see something, do something. So there's a phrase um, which the Department of Homeland Security in the U.S. uses, see something, say something. Basically, if you're anywhere and you see something that feels odd from a security standpoint, you should immediately call, call the police and, and report it. You may actually be pre- um, preventing a crime from, from happening or even a, a, ter- a terror threat. And so I've always um, said that if you're in a space, be it in your office, be it in this church, um, in your family, in organizations that you're a part of, if you notice that, okay, something isn't being done right or you think something should be done differently to achieve better results, you should step up and take charge and then and then get it done. Because sometimes, even most of the time, the thing that bothers you, no one, no one else sees it. So you, you go to the meeting, sit there, and you're just bothered. Oh, why is the projector crooked? Why is this this way? Why is this this way? You stepping up and doing it is actually a way of expressing that gift, which is calling your attention to be used. It's bothering you because there's a part of you that sees that things can be done, um, can be done differently. The third is having an attitude of, of service. Um, we should be willing to serve in whatever spaces we find ourselves in. So Jesus said in Matthew 20, 20 26 um, to 28, he said, it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. First Peter 4.10 says that each one of you has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Having an attitude of service ensures that you are always ready to serve and ready to learn. A good combination of these two is a fast path of personal personal growth and so they say that if you want to be rich um, serve the needs of others if you want to be great serve the needs of others if you want to be popular serve the needs of others and so there are three questions then that we should all ask ourselves in trying to identify our gifts is what comes easily to you what is it that for some reason when you when you when you do it you don't you don't get tired you don't feel um, exhausted, you actually find find joy in doing it. For some people, it's talking on the telephone, and so then it's easy for them to just call people um, and and ask and ask um, how how they are doing. That's one of the things that comes easy to me, just calling people and checking up on them. Um, and so, just ask yourself, what is what is it that comes easy to me? If if you like food, you like good company, organize some. Uh, watch a party with a few friends and ask them to inv- invite their friends over. It's, it's a ministry of yours. It's a gift of yours. So you should, you should be open to it. 
Um, so what is it? There's, there's definitely something that comes easy to use it. Generosity. I've come to see that generosity is not even about how much you have. There are people who are very wealthy, but they are, they are internationally stingy. Like this guy's a billionaire and everyone says he or she is super stingy. So generosity is not even about um, how much you have necessarily. It's just being generous, generous with what um, you've been given. What do you find? What do you find joy? What do you find joy in doing? Um, are there certain things in my family that I've noticed? Okay, my, my my grandmother had this gift. My mother had this gift. As Paul basically said to Timothy, he said that this gift I saw it in your grandmother. I saw it in your mother, and I believe that you you have it as well. Sometimes, even looking within your family, you will see that. There's a certain gift that comes naturally to everyone, and perhaps that is a gift that you should also tap into. Remembering that really it is for the for the body of Christ. It is also a way of reaching out um, to unbelievers. It's a way of opening that door um, for Christ to come and live in their hearts, and by that they will become they will become Christian. So once you know what that thing is then you just have to ask yourself, how can I, how can I use this? What, and the Holy Spirit will give, you, will give you ideas. How can I use this gift that I have? Really, it could be, it could be um, some people, you tell the person, oh, I want to go get my driver's license tomorrow. And let's say tomorrow is Saturday. They don't mind spending the whole day with you helping you in that process. That is also a gift. So the giftings are not necessarily um, powerful, um, as you know, man likes to see things, but God has given each person a gift. It is it is us or it is human beings who have decided that okay, uh, prophecy is a gift, teaching is a gift, miracles, uh, working of miracles is a, it's a gift. Like those are the things that many people as, um, aspire to to have. But really, um, some of the most powerful gifts are the simple, simple, simple things. Um, Many of the, the great politicians throughout history, one of the gifts that they all have is their ability to remember faces and remember names and remember details. So if they met you five years ago, you told them, you told them oh, my wife's name is Anne. We just had a daughter. When they see you five years later, oh, how is Anne? Oh, how old is your daughter now? Do you have any more kids? It's one of those, those things that is very, very powerful in, the, in, 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 in government, in, in, in the corporate world. It's a gift. It, it basically tells people that you care, and once someone knows that you care about them or feels that you care about them, it's easy to talk to them about other things. So that's my uh, short word for today. The giftings are not necessarily the things we consider powerful. It could be very, very simple things, but in that simplicity, the glory of God and the light of God can open a door um, into the hearts of others. So let's bow our heads for a short word of prayer. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for your word which has come to us today. Lord, for every person in this room, I commit their hearts into your hands, Lord. We ask once again that as your word falls on our hearts, Lord, may it germinate, Lord, and bear fruits, Lord, for the body of Christ to benefit from these gifts that you've given us. Lord, if there's anyone here who has identified a gift but is somehow scared or is timid. Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, that you will give them that spirit of 
boldness, Lord, that spirit of power, that spirit of love, that spirit of a sound mind, that they will go out, Lord, and use these gifts all to the glory of your mighty name. We thank you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.